May 5th, Saturday, morning gospel and Sunday school. Enjoy Sunday school first and gospel. Enjoy. Sunday in March, the first Sunday in March of 2023, today is Sunday, March the 5th, the first Sunday in the month, and we are about to do our Sunday school lesson, number one, March the 5th, 2023, uh, where the key verse, key big subject is love in difficult times. Love in difficult times. And I dare say to you all that um, we are living in difficult times. Um, we want to do something um, uh, new to start off the quarter. We're going to post that for you. Today's Sunday School lesson, devotional reading, comes out of Psalms 28. The background comes out of Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 11 through 32 in the print comes out of Luke 15, 11 through 24. The key verse is talking about the prodigal son. The son said to him, Father, the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. We are all familiar very much with the prodigal son. What we want to do for you today is that we want to um, take a look at um, the um, quarter at a glance, the quarter at a glance, and um, the subject for this beginning quarter is, uh, this is going to be the unit one. Welcome to the Sunday School lesson again for March the 5th through 23rd. The quarter study is going to be called Jesus Calls Us. Jesus Calls Us. And there are four lessons in this uh, quarter. And the um, unit is called Call from the Margin of Society. Call from the Margins of Society. And those lessons will be March the 5th through the 26th of 2023. And as I said before, today's lesson is going to be love in difficult times. Now, Unit 1, this is caption of Unit 1. Call from the margins of society is comprised of four lessons. March the 5th, March the 12th, March the 19th, and March the 26th. Comprised of four lessons. All right. The highlight accounts where Jesus disregarded artificial scenarios to dare to reach people on the margins. What about what are the margins of society? That is the poor, the needy, the homeless, um, the uh, people that do not have what the wealthy or the average people of society. Even uh, persons such as I and you that are listening to me, you are not exactly on the total edge or margin of society. You are a little bit step up. There are some people in a lower situation than you and I, poor than you and I, in other words, got less money than you and I, 
does not, you, you understand what I'm saying. Lesson ones come from the book of uh, Luke, examines Jesus' parable of the prodigal son, who was restored to a place of honor in his father's home, despite his indulgence in life's pleasures that left him destitute. And lesson two draws from the book of Matthew. Jesus turned society preferences upside down as he decided a child as greatest. Then look at lesson number three from John's gospel examines Jesus' encounter with an outcast, Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Lesson number four from the gospel of Mark explores Jesus' healing of a man possessed by a legion of demons. These are the beginning of this quarter. Uh, the quarter is broke down into uh, Unit 1, where we're going to begin today. Uh, unit 2 will be in April, beginning in April. Then Unit 3 will begin, continue through April through May the 28th. All right, we got Unit 1, Call from the Martyrs of Society. Unit 2, Experiencing the Resurrection. And Unit 3, The Birth of the Church. We want to thank you all for joining us today for the Sunday School lesson. Coming from uh, 231 6th Avenue here in Beatrice, Alabama. Housey Production Gospel Radio Station. We are a home radio station, and since the beginning of COVID, uh, I have been teaching the lesson virtually for Antioch Number One Baptist Church down in Tunnel Springs, where Reverend Waylon Olive is our pastor, and the church services take place on the second, fourth, and fifth Sundays at 9 a.m. in the morning, and you can listen to it in the parking lot at 92.5, or you can church and sit in the sanctuary or sit back in the Sunday school hall or sit in the um, kitchen area and listen to the sermon inside of the church under COVID guidelines. This first Sunday and third Sundays, he's over at, his, at our sister church over there in Frisco City. Uh, That'll be a Lily Baptist Church, uh, where he'll be doing the same type service over there. Today is the first Sunday, so he will be in service over at Lily Baptist over there on Frisco City. All right, let us go to the throne. Our Father and Savior, Jesus Christ, the maker and creator of all things, we thank you, Jesus, for another opportunity to teach thy word. We thank you for guiding us over the days and the hours and past where we have slipped and probably fell, but we get back up with the hope of continuing to walk with you, Jesus, and we thank you. Eternal God, our Father, I thank you for the privilege and opportunity to be a part of your agenda ministry. Thank you for making me an instrument of your service that I may impact and influence the lives of those whom you place in my sphere of influence. Help me to accept them as they are. Lead them to become what you want 
would have them to become. I ask for your wisdom, your insight, and most of all, the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning to all of our listeners on uh, Facebook. Uh, <clears throat> we're not uh, per se live on Facebook, but you will be able to see it on Facebook later. We are live on Restream, going to Facebook, LinkedIn, and other uh, links, YouTube, and others. Uh, we hope everything is going well for you. We want to give a special shout out to uh, uh Radio Ministry, the Night Service of Sound, uh, the Old Ship of Zion, Reverend Thomas Jackson and his family. He is beginning his legislative work up in Montgomery as a representative of District 68. And we also want to give a, a shout out to the senator that is representing uh, District 23 uh, and all of those that are in the service of representing the people of this great state of Alabama. We also want to remind you all to be aware of what is taking place in this country and how it is affecting what is being done on all levels of government from the president all the way back down. And how can you affect that? By praying, by praying, by learning what is being taught and what is being done in the legislature. Be aware of what is taking place in this country. It is very important. And most of all, you need to understand that Jesus Christ, God Almighty, is still in control. He is all control. Now, let's go to the Sunday school, Sunday school lesson for today. Lesson 1, March the 5th, 2023. This is the beginning of the spring quarter. Call from the margins of society. Devotional reading will come out of Psalms 28. Psalms 28. Background scripture will come out of Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 11 through 32. The print passage will come out of Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 11 through 24. The key verse for today, the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in the sight of and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Luke 15, chapter, verse 21. Let's read it again for you. The son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no longer worthy to be called thy son. Luke the 20, 15, chapter, 21st verse. And the very big subject for today, love, love, in difficult times, love in difficult times. Right, now, what is the aim of this particular lesson? What is the aim of this particular lesson? As a result of experiencing this lesson, the participant should be able to do these things. Number one, evaluate how and why the action of the Father exceeded the expectations of Jesus' listeners. Most of the time when things <clears throat> happen in this world, we have expectations and we have set up parameters of what we believe and who should be this and who should be that. We be prejudiced from the beginning. We hope you remember last week's lesson. All right. 
The other thing about this lesson name is confront, confront your resistance to the receiving of grace and forgiveness. Confront your resistance to receiving grace and forgiveness. All right. Third thing you should learn from this lesson, give thanks for an occasion in which they received grace that exceeded their expectation. Give thanks for when God's grace and mercy and all that good stuff bless you beyond measure that you didn't even deserve. Think about the situation where God tremendously bless you. All right, now key terms for today. Alive again, to live again, come to life again, be revived, has regained life. All right? Divided, divided into parts, cut asunder, distributed, apportioned, perishing, to destroy, lose, perish with hunger, sin, um, missed the mark, did wrong, committed sin against God. Also in, in the perishing, the word starving, being without substance. Now here's another word for you, sons, descendants, figuratively, any person sharing the same name in nature as their father. Another word for you, wasted, scattered, widowed, dispersed, squandered, all of those things are connecting to the word wasted. You've had some good things and you squandered them. You 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 scattered them. You throwed it away. You didn't take care of it. All right? Younger, younger, youthful. And there was, you may have an older brother or you may be the younger brother. You're very much familiar with that. Okay, let's go to why this lesson matters. Why this lesson matters. We hope you've already turned your Bible to the lesson today, which is Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 11 through 24. And now we're going to talk about why does this lesson matter? We all desire to explore the world on our own terms. What do we do when what we find falls short of our expectations? In the parable of the prodigal son, the father demonstrated how only God meets and exceeds the expectation of those who return to him. When he said return to him, those who come through Jesus Christ, saved through Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ. God's children, when they return to him, all of us have had a point in our lives when we wavered, did whatever we want to do. We still do it to some extent. Not slipping, falling down, and getting back up, but we still continue to hold on to Jesus Christ, God, our Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity of God. We continue to follow Jesus in spite of the difficulties and things that we're going through in this life. All right, now the lesson in focus. Let's play close attention to this lesson in focus. Throughout society, history and humanity developed unique ways to include and exclude groups and individuals. This we talk about all the time. Prejudice. All human beings, from the White House to your house, 
and the folks even that don't have, do not have a house, have prejudices and preferences of praises and things and situations. We got our likes and dislikes. All of those things hinder us from being who God wants us to be. The most obvious to us are race and ethnicity. Race and ethnicity. You all saw last week on the last video I did that the state of Alabama has signed a commitment to block all ethnicity and type stuff in, in government. Who, who, oh, who dislike diversity? Who don't like other folks? Oh, that's all human beings. That's stuff that the GOP party, the Republican party is doing. Uh, that's, oh, it's just terrible. Who, everybody should be included. God includes everybody. That includes you and I. The, the gays, the lesbians, the homosexuals, the thieves, the robbers, the murderers, uh, you and I, we all have sinned and come short of the grace of God. Despite the level of academic achievements, listen, despite the level of academic achievement or degrees of assimilation to the majority culture standards, we are still victim of systematic exclusion. Mechanicalism, separating people. You do not have the right to separate anybody because you are a sinner as well. You too have did wrong. However, historically, we are guilty of excluding others among us based on exterior skin colors, hue of their future of failure to measure up as upstanding. Okay, I may be in one way uh, on a level. There may be people above me on another level, that number on them, but there are some people don't believe me to be upstanding. There are some people that don't believe you are upstanding. No matter how wealthy or how poor you are, where you are people just set standards and exclude folks for no reason. Understanding community members. That's your own neighbors, people you sit by in church. You got you maybe sit somebody in the church. You don't like the what they wear. You don't like the perfume they have. You don't like the way they they clothes. You don't like the way they do their hair. It's it's just all kinds of stuff we bring up that exclude us and and, and separate us from each other. All right. Unfortunately, the tendency to exclude others infiltrates the. Faith community, listen at that. It did it to the faith community, back to the Jewish people, when they were crucifying Jesus, when Jesus was walking the street, when John the Baptist was preaching. Look, they, 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 they cut John the Baptist's head off. They hung Jesus and, and killed him. They, Oh, look what we do to each other in the faith. We're supposed to be like Christ. We do worse. We all stealing from each other. Just like somebody broke into the school this week and stole it, the lawnmower. It's terrible what we Some cater to and readily accept the professional, cultural, polished, and well-to-do educated. The big folk. We want to be like the big rich folk. My goodness. All of that stuff. While disregarding those on the margins of society. Often strict adherence to the 
traditions of men and rigid, non-biblical, misinterpreted biblical standards. Non-biblical or misinterpreted biblical standards become exclusion barrier to those needing salvation. During Christ's earthly ministry, he confronted similar attitudes and practiced hell for Israel's religious leadership. They identified, they identified, refused to associate with, and excluded those falling, failing to live up to their hierarchical standards. Among their repeated attempts to discredit and plot to kill Jesus was the accusation as he was associating with tax collectors and sinners and eating with them. Look at that. What silly excuses. Their spiritual blindness and strict adherence to their forms of religion prevented their recognizing their responsibility to show, to show compassion and desire that all humanity know the God they perpetuated or said that they were serving. However, Jesus, aware of his mission, disregarded artificial society barriers and chose to reach beyond what people think among the outcasts and marginalized. God went to everybody. Guess who you're supposed to be going to when God said, go you into all the world and preach to God. Go to everybody. Don't exclude anybody. Remember how people, the rich man came into the church looking all fine and dipper dapper blah, 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 whatever. Then the poor person came in smelling and raggedy clothes. And then you sit him back in the back. Send the person looking all good. Send him up front. Whoa. We still doing it today. Discriminating in the church from the door to the back door. His desire to seek and save the lost and express heavenly joy when they come to God and faith is illustrated in the parable of the prodigal son, which is today's lesson coming out of Luke, the 15th chapter. Though it, through it, through it, the faith community is reminded of the responsibility, responsibility to model his concerns for all humanity salvation, especially those most often identified as unlikely candidates for conversion. All right, now let's get to the lesson in context. The Gospel of Luke is named for its author as the other three New Testament Gospels. However, Luke is the only Gentile to write any books of Scripture. Additionally, Luke is credited with writing a significant portion of the New Testament, namely in the book of Acts, specifically about his life and conversion to Christianity are unknown because he seldom includes personal information in his writing. What is known about him, we're talking about Luke now, what is known about him is he was a physician and one of Paul's constant companions. The significance of his profession as a physician is revealed in how he portrays Christ's perfect humanity as the son of man and his compassionate, sympathetic attitude towards sick the poor, the dying, women, and sinners. Further, Luke's gospel is unique because of his interest in Christ's parables and the inclusion of information about Christ's life and ministry not found in other three, in the other three. For example, 17 of the 25 parables in his account 
do not appear in any others. Additionally, Luke is the only gospel writer that records specific details about Christ's birth and early life. Although Luke was not an original apostle or eyewitness to Jesus' ministry, he wrote as a well-read scholar and historian, providing clues to the historical context of the events he described. This lesson setting is within the 10 chapters, Luke to Jerusalem. You can see them in Luke, the ninth chapter, verses 51, uh, 19 through 27, immediately following his teaching about disciplinary, see Luke's the 14th chapter, 25 through 35. The three parables regarding the loss in, in chapter 15 are his responses to the Pharisees and the scribes' accusations and criticism of his ministry to sinners. Some people don't want you preaching the sinners and the poor and the other kind. They just want you teaching in the, to the rich and, and famous, so to speak. These parables' purpose was to illustrate God's joy over the repentance of the sinners they chose to ignore and exclude from their hypocritical religious churches and circles. An open inquiry, what prompted the younger sons to request his portion of his father's estate? You familiar with that? I'm too big for this house. I got to get out of here. You have you cut you cramping my style, Daddy, Mama, and Daddy. I got to get out here and get on my own. You, you ain't you can't tell me what to do. I got to go out on my own. You all familiar with that? In what ways can difficult negatively impact the young? Difficult situations going in your house and having problems in your house can impact your home and how your child develops and what's taking place in their life. Be mindful when they are coming to you with different things of, of selfishness and you don't treat me fair. That, that ain't fair, Daddy. That ain't, be mindful. Make sure you get to the heart of those issues before they get out of hand. Okay? What does this parable teach about the danger of rebelling against God and the sin price tax? When you see a child rebelling against their mother and father, guess who they are rebelling against? in society as it comes to continue. It's going to be rebelling against God from the beginning. When you start, your children start rebelling against you, it's the, from the roots of sin in their life. How does the younger son represent repentant sinners? Repentant sinners return to Jesus Christ. You and I return to Jesus Christ. Even though we slip and fall and get back up, we return to Jesus Christ. There was a time when we wouldn't go toward the church. There were times when we didn't even read. There were times we didn't pray. There were times we didn't even associate with Christians. We just didn't go there. We were too deep into the world and blind. How do the Father's actions represent God's attitude toward repentant sinners? God says, welcome me, welcome them back. Just like the Father did to the Son. Gave him a ring, put a robe around. Come on back. My son is back home. And guess what the other one said? You ain't, I've been here working all the time and doing all this stuff. You ain't did me like that. Blah, 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 blah. Right there, brothers and sisters against each other. It's still going on today. All right. A key insight into this lesson. The key verse selected for this lesson is the example of biblical repentance. The key verse, which says, the son said to the father, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy be called your son. That's the key verse. That's 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 where our 
after he had repented, that's what he said to his father. He returned to his senses, so to speak. He was out of his senses when he went out there and was slopping hogs in the in the in the in the pig pen and eating a corn husk and eating with the pigs and living with the pigs. That's what you do when you be out there in the sins in the world. Repent originally meant to change one's mind or purpose. The prodigal son did both of these when he came to himself. It is used to identify those intending to obtain God's pardon after becoming sorrowfully conscious of their sins. Repentance always leads to spiritual transformation and the restoration of the prodigal son. Repentance leads to spiritual restoration. Changing. Stop doing what you're doing. Repentance leads to spiritual restoration. And the restoration of a relationship with God, as illustrated in the parable of the prodigal son, is involved in subtle decisions to change not just passive human remorse or regret alone. It changes your life. Repentance always involves turning away from the old toward the new, from sin to God. Further, repentance involves recognizing that we have fallen short, missed the mark, our inability to measure up to God's standards, his glory, and have displeased Jesus, God Almighty, our creator. This attitude leads to godly sorrow of the decision to do things and then turn to doing things God's way. And humbly, humbly, humbly admit our wrongs against the things of God. An analysis of son's confession when he came to himself in hog pen reveals the genuineness of his repentance. First, he changed his mind or attitude after reviewing his deplorable condition. He took a look at living in that hog pen and eating hog slop and corn husks. Next, he humbly acknowledged his sins against God and his earthly father and decided to reject his way for God. Finally, conviction and confession led to action. He moved from the old way of life and returned to a brand new one, determined to submit to the will of God. A quick exploration now. This, will, this well-known parable, as we said before, provides the opportunity for you and all of us to identify principles it teaches about God and the expectations. And, he, and the expectation he has for the faith community. First, discuss the parable because of context in Luke 15. Next, identify the younger son as the representative backslidden sinner and father as God the fathers, as the, as, as the father, as God. The fathers, second, discuss their attitudes and actions. Key things to identify. Applying them to God's attitude now toward those who are distant and rebellious. You know people in your house that are distant and rebellious? Think of your own children, your brothers and your sisters. Then challenge them to identify specific attitudes and behavior needing to be changed toward those considered the least likely candidates for salvation. The addicted, the addicted, drugs, the left out. It just don't seem to fit in no way. The left out, the overtly immortal, 
immoral, know what they do anything. They will do anything. The outcasts of society, the outcasts of society. And finally, close the lesson with a period of worship for the unconditional love that God demonstrated toward those who accept his offer of salvation by faith in Christ. There it is for you. Now let's go to the lesson. We begin with Luke the 15th chapter. Luke the 15th chapter. Verses 11 through 16. Luke the 15th chapter. Verses 11 through 16. We are all making sure that we are in tune with you and following the lesson. We hope you have already had your Bible there at the uh, 15th chapter. As you see me rustling the pages here, I should have had mine there as well already. But here we go. Luke, the 15th chapter. All right, here we go. Verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him them his living. Father did what the son asked. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted, wasted his substance with riotous living. In other words, he living any kind of way. Wow. No control. Just doing whatever he wanted to. Only things he, he wanted to do while he was at home, his mom and dad probably wouldn't let him do. Or his father wouldn't let him do. How many of y'all remember that? When you was in the house, most time your father or your mama said, you're getting too big for your britches. And at that point, boom, that's what they usually got on you when you got too big for your britches. All right, verse 14, and when he had spent all these, arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. In other words, things got rough out there in the world. House, you can find a piece of bread every once in a while, and some water, and a place to sleep. But out in the world, world ain't got nothing for you. World has got zero for you. Remember that. 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. All right. Then he got hard, so he had to go get a job. He got hooked up with a man that had a hog farm. So he went out there and took the job of feeding the swine. All right, now, he's going to be getting paid. I don't know how much he's going to get paid, but yet he wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to keep him in his the, the fashion in which he was accustomed to living at home and how he, what his dad had given and he had squandered and thrown away. It wasn't enough to live for him to do what he wanted to. But he had to eat and he got hungry. Now watch this. All right? And and he went and joined himself. You see how he got hooked up with that farmer that had hogs. And then verse 16 it said, and he would fain, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Nobody helped him out. He was out there on his own. There it is. He longed to be filled his stomach with the pods that the pig were eating, but no one gave 
him anything. <coughs> Look at that. Look at that. Jesus responds to the murmuring accusation of the Philistines and scribes regarding his association with sinners, 15th chapter, verses 1 through 2, by teaching that considered hopeless sinners would be in the kingdom. In addition, he used three of the, his best-known parables to teach and reinforce the message that sinners' repentance is one that's God's vital concern. One of God's vital concerns is sin's repentance. In each of the three, Luke 15, verses 3 through 32, a thing or a person is lost, found, and rejoiced over regarding their recovery. The lost sheep reveals the heaven rejoice when a sinner repents, symbolizing the outcast with whom he ate. The parable of the lost corn illustrates the value that God placed in, in sinners. The parable of the prodigal son, a lost son, emphasized inviting all humanity to enter God's kingdom. Jesus began the parable by stating that a man had two sons, foreshadowing the contrast between them later and the narrative in verse 11. The action and attitude and decision of the younger son are described first. He requested that his father give him his portion and finally family inheritance, and the father graciously gave it to him. You can see that in 12. The request was premature, but not out of the ordinary. That's what young children that won't do what you're supposed to do in the house and want to get out on their own do. Y'all, give me my portion. Let me go. Let me get out in the world and do what I do. Are you hampering? You cramping my style. All right. If father could, could give his son before his death or transfer his state management and his male heir, he could do that at that time or he can do it when a son requested now. The younger son received one-third of the entire estate, which the older brother received two-thirds. In other words, all that, that, that the younger son threw away, he had a, quite a bit of wealth that he threw away and squandered. Apparently, this son liquidated his inheritance. He threw it away, left home, and recklessly squandered it. You can see that in verse number 13. He threw it away. In Greek, uh, prodigals mean disolate. And, and, and it, su it suggested that this young man engaged in unabashed immorality. He did anything that he wanted to. You can see that in the key verse as well. And an extrovert life. In other words, not in the key verse, but in the, in the revelations of the key verse. And that he said what he had did, he had sinned and all those things like that. That was revealed in that. It suggests that the young man engaged in unabashed. I mean, he just did whatever. Willfully, he desired to be carefree life away from home and his father to do things his way. All right. His money ran out. A famine occurred and he found himself destitute and in need. You can see that in verse number 14. His attempt was another step deeper into degradation. Now, ain't nothing wrong with working. When you're doing it in the right way and conserving your money and doing much to earn your way to whatever you want, it, nothing wrong with that. But when it comes at a time when you've been disobedient, you done lost everything, and there were, it's down to where you you got to work to live. Just to, just to stay, I mean, just to get a piece of bread in your mouth. You done threw away, you done had wealth and all kind of stuff, but you done got to the point you just done throw away everything. In other words, you on a downward spiral. All right. Additionally, no one gave him anything to eat. Not even those humanly 
indigestible parts. Symbolically, this young man's condition illustrated the helplessness and despairing condition of sinners exchanged from God. Look at that. He hit rock bottom. He hit rock bottom, but was in the position to reflect more clearly about his condition as we discover in the following verses. All right, here's a quick thought for you. Is it possible for indulgent parents to contribute to a prodigal's lifestyle among their children? Yes, it is. By giving them everything they ask for. Let them be some kind of standards of some things that you do not give to your child or people in your control in your house. Let there be some kind of standard. Let there kind of be some working standard. Let there be some job requirements to do this, this, that, and the other. One of the main things that we're doing right now is giving our young and cell phones. And they stay on them cell phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And those cell phones prevent hammers their academics, it happens to their activities and other activities, interacting with other people. And this is what it locks up their minds from taking care of the business they need to. Take them cell phones away sometimes. I give them periods of when they can have cell phones and when they can't. I, that's the first thing come out of But there's other things you do. Buying them clothes, any kind of shoes, whatever. You give them your supply with anything. And you think that's good. But there should be parameters of those things that you give your child. Recall the time when you did the opposite of something your parent taught or told you to do. Did you blame God for any negative consequences or did you blame yourself? Think about that when you disobeyed your father. My father had a time limit for coming on. My father had a time thing situation when the boys and the girls go out. The boys make sure the girls get in before they come in. You didn't come in the house and leave your sisters out there in the street. My father had a time that you be in the house. That's the, the boys and the girls. When that time frame passed by and you didn't come in, the next morning, boom, father was on you. Sometimes he got you that night. And if he was tired or whatever, they were tired, I'll get you in the morning. And just like when the morning came, boom, they were on you for being disobedient when you broke their rules. I speak about that all the time. I speak about the things that I know, not what I've heard. But other people have different situations. All right, let's go to the next outline. The next outline is uh, Luke, the 15th verse. used the 15th chapter, and it got two, 15 through uh, 19, 17 through 19. Luke, the 15th chapter, 17 through 19. Here we go. He said, how many hired servants Oh, my father had enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. Look how he, look what he realized. How many hired servants my dad and my mama got? I'm adding your mama in there, but is he saying his father got that they had enough to feed him, even after the, what they had as a hired servant had it? They were getting more than him. He had enough left over as a as a hired servant, and they could 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 feed him. And here he is. Starving, hungry. Now let's go to the next verse, 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And look, how many of you in the streets that are doing wrong and going around stealing, robbing, doing whatever you're doing, taking drugs, how many of you ain't even realize? Your eyes ain't even come open to your condition. Some of you so deep into the world, you can't even see your condition. 
Some of us are so deep into the world, we can't even realize and let the light of God come into our eyes to even awaken us to the degradation state that we're in. The fallen state you're in, that you are at the rock bottom. 19. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy high servants. When he realized what his situation was, he came back to his father and he ended up. What did that key verse say? The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, talking about God, and against you, my earthly father. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. What a clear lesson of awakening from a condition in which he had this descended to. All right. Now, let's go on in the ex further explanation of this. This is redundant, but it is clear, and it wanted to get through to you that are listening what the situation is. It's about returning to God. It's about sinning, doing wrong, and finally awakening to the sins that you are committing and returning to God. This is what this is prodigal son parable is about. You must get it through your head. All right. The prodigal son found himself in life-threatening need. Found himself in a life-threatening need. Like I said before, some of us are so deep we don't see life-threatening. See, I often see on TV how these parents talking about how their son or daughter died from something or that poison. How did they get to that first? What they doing taking it from the beginning? Where was you mom and dad when they started? How you let them go out there and take stuff? What was taking place in the house? They could go do anything they want to. Had enough money to buy anything they want to. It starts with you, mom and dad. It don't just go be the child. And every time on TV they talking about some the, the president or somebody else, the border, all this kind of stuff. You had no business being. They had no business being in the situation from the beginning. If you'd have been doing your work as a mom and a dad, it starts with you. Reason why your kid ain't learning in school, it started with you because you ain't taught no barriers, no conditions, or guidelines at the house. It's your fault. Stop blaming somebody else. All right. Utterly bankrupt and hungry became because of his unwise decision and attitude. Guess what? Parents, you make unwise decisions. And, and perfect attitudes upon your child as well. He could think more clearly. As a result, the text says that he came to his senses. How many moms and dads are coming to their senses about how they're doing to their child, what they're going to need their child to be? I had a talk yesterday about that same thing. As a result, the text says that he came to his senses, or he came to himself. And that's what it says in verse 17. The phrase is a Hebrew that means that he accepted the responsibility for his condition and repented. Accept the responsibility of the condition and repent. Further, in this state of his mind, he was now ready to receive salvation. He recalled that even the slaves who worked and loved and lived at his father's estate had more than enough to eat. Now, humble and submissive, he changed his mind about himself, his condition, and carefully planned what he would say to his father. You can see that in verse 18. Consequently, he resolved to return home, acknowledge his sins against God and 
the seriousness of his transgression against his father. Adversity forced him to see beyond what he had lost to what he had done. Sin. Further, he recognized that his sinful behavior forfeited his rights to be treated as a son. You can see that in verse number 19. Thus he left home arrogant, self-important, but would return looking for the possibility to become a hired servant. This young man is a classic example of genuine repentance. Repentance is more than experiencing regret and remorse. Instead, it is intentionally turning from the reject and rejecting sin, turning to God in obedience and placing safe faith in Jesus Christ. Turning to God's obedience and placing saving faith in Jesus Christ. All right. In this context, how important is rearing children in a godly home environment? Now you see it. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he ain't going to change. He's going to hold to it. You can see that in Proverbs 22 and 6. A question for you. At some point, everyone has made decisions that resulted in regrettable consequences. All of us have did that. All of us have did that. What makes it so hard to have a changed mind and try reversing the effect of a bad decision? So deep into the world that you won't listen to nobody. That's where your problem begins at the house. You won't listen. You didn't listen to your mom and dad. All right, let's go to the last outline. This is Luke 15, chapter, verses 20 through 25. 15th chapter, verses 20 through 24. All right. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Your father and mother, whenever you disobedient and go out in the world, they looking for your return. They waiting for that phone call. They waiting for that knock at the door. They waiting for every time a police come. Oh, is that about my son? Is that about my daughter? They looking for you. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But his father still loving and hugging and kissing. Glad to see his son. But the father said to the servant, Bring forth the best robe and put on him a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Put some clothes on my son. Put a ring on my son's finger. Clean him up. This is my son. That's how moms and dads feel about you when you go out in the world. They still love you and care about you, but they don't want to, they, they treat you like God treats us. If you want to run wild and not do what God said, God will let you do that until you realize your mistake. But when you realize your say, God said, come on. Come on, son. Come on, young lady. I'm here. I never left you. I was with you out there. I brought them hard things on me so you could get you to change your mind. Come on home, son. Look at 23. And bring hither the fatted calf, bring the best. Let's, let's get some celebration here going for this lost 
son of mine, and kill and let us eat and be merry. Let's rejoice because that son has come home. Let's rejoice. My daughter is at home. Even though they did wrong, they do not then did cocaine, involving them, involving me murder, all kind of activity, doing all kind of stuff wrong. They are at home now. Let's rejoice. God is good. For this way, my son was dead, dead in sin. And he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. Look at that. <laughs> Look at God. And he can he do it? He will do it. All right. If you're out there in the world and doing anything that you want to, God got a message for you. God loves you. He loves you. He's going to do something. He try to bring you in. But sometimes things that he do to, don't wake you up. You be so deep in it, you can't come up. Sometimes you be into them drugs out there and you get over to a poison pill and boom, you're dead. You never come alive. You end up dead. Like so many sons and the moms and dads putting it on the sins and all when it's on them. They set them on that path. And some of us in our houses right now sending our children on that same thing them everything that they want. When they do wrong, discipline them. God says, spare the rod and spoil the child. They didn't say abuse and beat them to blood death or nothing like that, but they said discipline in love and in compassion for them. Jesus tells his audience that the young man went back not to his village, but to his father, that the father had been waiting and watching for his son's return is evident in the kind of welcome he gave his estranged youth. You can see that in verse 20. First, the father recognized him while he was still a distant and had compassion for him. Second, he ran to meet him, sometimes out of ordinary for elderly uh, or rental. Finally, they embraced and kissed him with sincere affection. Thus, these actions by his father expressed his joy for his return that he had forgiven him. Jesus did not explain whether the son gave him his rehearsed repentance speech before being interrupted by his father's enthusiastic welcome. However, he did get to express his sin and unworthiness in verse 21. If you're wrong, say you're wrong and keep on getting up and do what it's supposed to be. Repent. Let people know I was wrong. I'm sorry. I misinterpreted you. Blah, blah, blah. Do that. Same way in life, same way with disagreements and situations that you have, okay? This parable was Jesus' answer to the Pharisees and scribes' accusations against him and real God's intent to seek the lost and rejoice with exceeding joy each time one repents and is converted. Oh, heaven rejoices when the angel shouts and be rejoicing when someone is converted from sin. There was a time in the faith community when the salvation of the lost was a priority and the cause of great joy in one's coming to Christ. This parable purpose should motivate believers to recapture the spirit of evangelism, of evangelizing, going out and telling people about God, rekindling the joy that once terminated our place of worship and welcomed sinners who come home to God as heaven does. All right. Key verses for you to understand as we close out this lesson for today. How do believers respond to the loss in society? How can, as did the Pharisees and scribes, how can this kind of attitude be correct? If you are not responding to when I want to step up to, to be um, uh, join the church like we did at our last uh, full Sunday service, we had one come up and it was a rejoicing to see somebody up there 
and getting the praise and, and they, oh, it was good. Oh, it was good. Whenever you receive, when you recover from the the hard consequences of a poor choice you made, do you give God all the honor and praise or do you put yourself on the back dodging the bullet? Hey, when you, when you know you did it wrong, admit the wrong, go on. God, you did it. You know you did it. Admit it and, 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 and straighten up. Don't do it no more. All right. What prodigal sons and daughters do you know? What prodigal sons and what about your grandchildren? What are you doing as a grandfather, grandma, heaven, and becoming like they are? There may be one or more within your immediate family whose rebellious and selfishness have caused heartaches and estrangement for you and God. Commit to seeking reconciliation with them this week, following the Father's example in this parable. Then, if they are spiritually lost, point them to Christ by your action and condition of love and forgiveness. By your action. A condition, unconditional love and forgiveness. Show that to them. Okay? People are impressed more by behavior than other words, than our words, our walking, not our talk, as professors, professed believers. They are convinced by your action, not your words. Okay? Not by your talk, but by your action as a believer. What 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 dwelling membership and complaining about the host of prodigal in, in in our community? What what what's going on in your community? In this community, folks stealing. In this community, folks uh, selling drugs. In this community, porn, porn uh, and uh, adultery. Things that I know about. Things I heard about. Things I have seen. Things I have witnessed. That's what's going on in this community. Just like in another community. All right? It's still happening. If the intention evangelize our community through genuine love and concern for those on the margin of society. In other words, guess who's problem that is? Who fault that is? Are you going out in Beatrice and in Tun Spring, Ryder Crawley, Peter, and all these places, all things going on? Are you out there? Are you out there? Are you out there? Jesus received criticism for doing this very thing. Jesus criticized for that very thing. Why not commit to following his example individually and collectively in your faith community? All right. The prodigal son likely never considered what seemed like such a, a fun and exciting idea would end so badly for him. All fun and games in the beginning, wasn't it? All right. Okay, let's go to the lesson for next week. The lesson topic for Sunday, March the 12th, 23, is the wonder of childlike qualities. The wonder of childlike qualities, being like a child. The devotion really comes out of Matthew, the 19th chapter, verses 13 through 22. The background scripture is going to come out of Matthew, the 18th chapter. Uh, uh, Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 9. Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 15, and the print passage will come out of Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 9. All right, for Monday, March the 6th, Jesus heals a Gentile girl. That's Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. Then on Tuesday, March the 7th, let the little children come. Matthew, the 19th chapter, verses 13 through 22. 
Then on Wednesday, March the 8th, learn wisdom for, learn wisdom, my child. Proverbs 1, 7 through 16. Thursday, March the 9th, teach your children God's law. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses 7 through 14. Then on Friday, March the 10th, consecrate it from the womb. Jeremiah 1, verses 1 through 10. Saturday, March the 11th, the praise of children. Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 12 through 17. Then on Sunday, next Sunday, March the 12th, the greatness in the kingdom. Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 9, and Mark 10, verse number 15. It is very important, guys, that we begin to change what we are doing as adults to lead children to a path of destruction giving them anything they want. They can have anything they want. I don't care what it is. They can have any amount of money. They can take the car when they haven't rightfully deserved and got their license and ready to drive. Just turn them loose in the street. Let them go. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. It has to have some guidelines and perimeters. All right. On behalf of all of us here at Housey Production Gospel by Antioch Number 1 Baptist Church there in Tunnel Springs, we hope you will continue to join us for Sunday School uh, here on uh, House Seed Production Gospel every Sunday, 6 a.m. in the morning. Please share this lesson. This is being a blessing for you and help you in your walk with your grandchildren and with your children as well. All right. Now for our closing prayer. Dear God, awaken in us the desire to see the lost come to Christ for salvation, especially those who are considered outcasts on the margins of society. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On behalf of all of us here at House E Production Gospel, on behalf of Reverend Oliver, our pastor, Reverend Sister Oliver, our first lady, and all of the deacons and folks there at the church at Antioch. And the folks at our sister church at Lily Baptist, where Reverend Albert pastors on first and third Sunday, we say good morning and thank you. And we hope that this lesson has been a blessing for you. We hope this lesson has been a blessing for you. God has been awfully good. And we thank you for being here with us. And for this uh, Sunday school lesson, this is the first in, the, in, in this unit call from the margin of society. This is the first in this in this series of lessons of Unit One. Uh, it's going to continue uh, through uh, all the way through uh, five twenty six. All right, let's see here, right quick before we close it. All right, all right. This is just a, the next lesson is going to be March the twelfth, then March the nineteenth, then March the twenty sixth. Today was love is in difficult times. Next Sunday be the wonder of childlike qualities. Then the third Sunday is going to be difficult, but the same, different, but the same. Then in, in the, on March the 26th, one with a mental illness. These are going to be powerful lessons. On behalf of all of us, again, from Antioch Number One Baptist Church and House E. Producting Gospel, God bless you, love you, take care now, and do what God has put us in your heart to do to help others. Father, this week, God, 
to keep your walk with Jesus Christ. On behalf of all of us, God bless you. Take care.
I'll see production gospel, Beatrice Alibaba. Enjoy more coming your way right here. Production Gospel, located at 231 6th Avenue down south, in the big city of Beatrice, Alabama. We want to welcome you all. We hope you're enjoying your Saturday here on House Seed Production Gospel. We're located at 231 6th Avenue, where we play the best of gospel music, the best interviews, and more. We are your community home radio station, located at 231 6th Avenue in Beatrice, Alabama, where we play gospel and more. Foot stomping music from Von Silvatro, Trust and Depend, You're Worthy, a song of encouragement, you can make it, the power above, so glad, we worship you today, I'll stand, thank you Lord, for all you've done, Regine, Regis, Jesus Regine, when he comes, and more from Lady Von Silvatro, Belcher, such as this foot stomper right here. Foot Stomping Beats by Von Silvelter. When your life's in despair and your hopes in need are repaired, your bills are due and all your money's gone.
understand the pressures of life you don't understand just know Christ is there by your side he's overcome the world remember for you
The next, uh, I'll say about an hour and uh, 20 minutes or so here on House the Internet Radio. On this Saturday morning, we're going to be playing some music from uh, Daryl J. Jones Music Ministries out of Crockett, Texas. Uh, all kinds of artists on this labor. Uh, you can reach Daryl J. Jones at 936-222-4006. Great gospel music <clears throat> and more here on House C Internet Radio. We're located in the big city of Beatrice, Alabama, 36425. You sit back and you relax and enjoy the best of gospel music from Dale J. Jones Ministries and some of their artists here. Enjoy House C Internet Radio. So good, so good to me. Let me tell you what I'm. 
is too big for you.
you a secret place. Turn it into an altar. your faith has gone to work. See how far God brought me back. I can't do 
real friends. Listen.
I'd like to dedicate this song to the late great gospel quartet pioneer and the songwriter, my dad, Jimmy Lee Smith. He would sing this song like this if he was here today. I'm gonna do all I can in my Jesus name. Yeah, name. yeah, name. oh, I'm gonna do, do all I can, all I can. Jesus in Jesus' name. Oh uh-huh. 
God gave me this song and it just said, I'm glad, yes I am, that you talked about me. <laughs> said I'm glad, yeah, you lied on me. I'll be the same if you didn't do it. I'm so glad you scandalized my name. I'm glad, oh yeah, you talked about me, said I'm glad, yeah, you can tell your haters, you can tell your haters real quick, I'm so glad you scandalized my name, cause if you had not, I would be, I would be Verse Columbus, look at him. You talk about me just as much as you please. But the more you talk, I'm going down on my knees. You may press me down, but my Jesus, he'll pick me up. And I'll tell the world.
something about that name. Something about that name. I love the call. I love to go. Something about that something name. About that
All right, we hope you enjoyed all that good gospel music coming from Halsey Internet Radio, located at 231 6th Avenue here in the big city of Beatrice, Alabama. We hope you will stick around and continue to listen to Halsey Protection Gospel Blog Talk Radio. We are on Blog Talk Radio, Mixcloud, Reverb Nation, and all over the place. Again, thank you for listening to Halsey Protection Gospel Blog Talk Radio. We're located at 231 6th Avenue down south in the big city of Beatrice, Alabama. We are your home internet radio. Thank you for listening for How C Production Goblin. Enter the hashtag H-O-W-C-E-E and find us all over the internet. If you need your music played here, send us an MP3 file to Howard at gmail.com Howard at gmail.com And remember, if you need gospel music for your radio, you can contact Dow J. Jones at 936-222-4006. On behalf of all of us here at Housey Internet Radio, thank you, and we'll see you next time on Housey Production Gospel, Blog Talk Radio. We are your internet radio.